Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. And here we are on March 3rd, getting ready to jump into the book of Ezra. So proud of you for hanging in there and reading with us as we jump into our third month of reading together. Open your Bibles or just get ready to have the word spoken over you. And let's read together as we go to Ezra chapter 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts, in addition to all the freewill offerings. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his god. Cyrus, king of Persia, had them brought to Mithridath, the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. This was the inventory. Gold dishes, 30. Silver dishes, 1,000. Silver pans, 29. Gold bowls, 30. Matching silver bowls, 410. Other articles, 1,000. In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Shesh Bazar brought all these along with the exiles when they came up from Babylon to Jerusalem. Ezra chapter 2 Now these are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive to Babylon. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to their own town. In company with Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Realiah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Reham, and Baana, the list of the men of the people of Israel, the descendants of Porash, 2,172, of Shephatiah, 372, of Arah, 775, of Pahath Moab, through the line of Jeshua and Joab, 2,812, of Elam, 1,254, of Zatu, 945, of Zekai, 760, of Bani, 642, of Bebai, 623, of Asgad, 1,222, of Adonikam, 666, of Bigvi, 2056, of Adin, 454, of Atter through Hezekiah, 98, 
of Bizai, 323, of Jorah, 112, of Hashum, 223, of Gibar, 95, the men of Bethlehem, 123, of Netophah, 56, of Anathoth, 128, of Asmaveth, 42, of Kiriath-Jerim, Kephira, and Birath, 743, of Rama and Geba, 621, of Michmash, 122, of Bethel and Ai, 223, of Nebo, 52, of Magbish, 156, of the other Elam, 1,254, of Harem, 320, of Lod, Hadid, and Anno, 725, of Jericho, 346, of Senea, 3,630, the priests, the descendants of Jedeiah, through the family of Jeshua, 973, of Emmer, 1,052, of Pashur, 1,247, of Harim, 1,017, the Levites, the descendants of Jeshua and Kadmiel, of the line of Hodaviah, 74, the musicians, the descendants of Asaph, 128, the gatekeepers of the temple, the descendants of Shalom, Atur, Talman, Akub, Hatita, and Shobay, 139, the temple servants, the descendants of Ziha, Hashufa, Tabioth, Kiros, Siaha, Padan, Labana, Hagaba, Akub, Hageb, Shamai, Hanan, Gidel, Gahar, Riaiah, Rezin, Nekoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasia, Besai, Asna, Meunim, Nefuzim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harher, Basluth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Temah, Neziah, and Hatifa, the descendants of the servants of Solomon, the descendants of Sotai, Hasophereth, Peruda, Jayala, Darkhan, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokereth, Hazabaim, and Ami, the temple servants and the descendants of the servants of Solomon, 392. The following came up from the towns of Tel-Melah, Tel-Harsha, Karub, Adan, and Amur, but they could not show that their families were descendants from Israel, the descendants of Delilah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, 652, and from among the priests, the descendants of Hobeiah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, a man who had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Giladite, and was called by that name. These searched for their family records, but they could not find them and so were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food until there was a priest ministering with the Urim and the Thummim. The whole company numbered 42,360, besides their 7,337 male and female slaves, and they also had 200 male and female singers. They had 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. 
When they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the heads of the families gave freewill offerings toward the rebuilding of the house of God on its site. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for this work 71,000 darics of gold, 5,000 minas of silver, and 100 priestly garments. The priests, the Levites, the musicians, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants settled in their own towns, along with some of the other people, and the rest of the Israelites settled in their towns. Ezra chapter 3 When the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Josadak, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates, began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, in accordance with what was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as freewill offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters, and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre, so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa, as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josadak, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work. They appointed Levites twenty years old and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hodaviah, and the sons of Henadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads, who had seen the former temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. Ezra chapter 4 When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build because, like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, 
You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and made them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. At the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, they lodged an accusation against the people of Judah in Jerusalem. And in the days of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Bishlam, Mithridath, Tabiel, and the rest of his associates wrote a letter to Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic script and in the Aramaic language. Rehum, the commanding officer of Shimshai the secretary, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes the king as follows. Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secretary, together with the rest of their associates, the judges, officials, and administrators over the people of Persia, Uruk, and Babylon, the Elamites of Susa, and the other people whom the great and honorable Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the city of Samariah and elsewhere in Trans-Euphrates. This is a copy of the letter they sent him. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants in Trans-Euphrates. The king should know that the people who came up to us from you have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, the king should know that if this city is built and its walls are restored, no more taxes, tribute, or duty will be paid, and eventually the royal revenues will suffer. Now, since we are under obligation to the palace, and it is not proper for us to see the king dishonored, we are sending this message to inform the king, so that a search may be made in the archives of your predecessor. In these records, you will find that this city is a rebellious city, troublesome to kings and provinces, a place with a long history of sedition. This is why this city was destroyed. We informed the king that if this city is built and its walls are restored, you will be left with nothing in trans-Euphrates. The king sent this reply. To Rehum, the commanding officer, Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of their associates living in Samaria and elsewhere in trans-Euphrates. Greetings. The letter you sent us has been read and translated in my presence. I issued an order and a search was made, and it was found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sedition. Jerusalem has had powerful kings ruling over the whole of trans-Euphrates, and taxes, tribute, and duty were paid to them. Now issue an order to these men to stop work, so that this city will not be rebuilt until I so order. Be careful not to neglect this matter. Why let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interests? As soon as the copy of the letter of King Artaxerxes was read to Rehum and Shimshai, the secretary and their associates, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to stop. Thus, the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Ezra chapter 5 Now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, a descendant of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, son of Josadak, 
set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At that time, Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shethar Bozanai and their associates went to them and asked, Who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? They also asked, What are the names of those who are constructing this building? But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews, and they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. This is a copy of the letter that Tataniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shathar Bozanai and their associates, the officials of the Trans-Euphrates, sent to King Darius. The report they sent him read as follows to King Darius. Cordial greetings. The king should know that we went to the district of Judah, to the temple of the great God. The people are building it with large stones and placing the timbers in the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence and is making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders and asked them, Who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? We also asked them their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is the answer they gave us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar the Chaldean, king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people of Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. He even removed from the temple of Babylon the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to the temple in Babylon. Then King Cyrus gave them to a man named Sheshbazar, whom he had appointed governor, and he told him, Take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and rebuild the house of God on its site. So the Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. From that day to the present, it has been under construction, but is not yet finished. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us his decision in this matter. This now concludes the reading for March the 3rd. Let me give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. It will never be as good as what we had. You ever heard someone say that or something like that before? Or how about this one? Well, back in my day, we used to, both sentiments are the same. For the person saying it, they're trying to hold on to what feels lost and forgotten. For the person hearing it, it feels like a jealous comparison of someone who just can't let go of the past or celebrate the future. After 50 years of captivity, the captives were finally freed to go and start rebuilding the temple. This was a joyful moment that was the start of being a freed nation once again. Now it's interesting that in Ezra 3, we read the work of the temple is beginning And as it was being built, the people were excited. After all, this was equivalent to the exodus out of Egypt. Their ancestors had been promised to leave Egypt and receive the promised land. And if you remember what Moses was talking to Pharaoh about, 
It was that they could leave Egypt so that they could worship God freely. Now picture this. About a thousand years later, the Israelites are once again captive, but they're being freed. But as they're being freed from captivity this time, they now have been instructed to go and build the temple. Not only that, the very kingdom that exiled them is now led by a king who is instructing and resourcing them to build the temple. Yet when they get there, the young people are so joyful and excited about what is happening that the elders begin to get disturbed. They see the temple foundations and begin to weep. They're caught in a moment of selfish misery. It says in Ezra 3.13 that the weeping was so obnoxious and loud that no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people were making so much noise. Listen to the next part of this verse, though. It says that the sound was heard far away. Now, understand the literary style here. We could read this and say, really? How loud were they that people could hear it so far away? But this isn't what this means. It doesn't mean they were loud in volume, that it was heard places. No, they were so adamant about their misery that they made a fuss and everyone talked about it and reported it. You know, the interesting thing is that these same people who are now crying out in misery are the same people who had desecrated the temple so badly that God exiled the Israelites and destroyed the temple. They didn't care for or respect the temple before. So why are they so upset? Well, I think it's just because they couldn't handle the fact that the younger generation was now getting it right. And not only that, they had the favor of the king of Babylon and were being resourced to make it happen. Maybe in that moment, the elders realized what they had done. But instead of being filled with joy and excitement, they selfishly commiserated with one another to the point of misery. Look, I've heard so many times the negatives about the millennials or the hopelessness of work ethic in Gen Z or the mess Generation Alpha is going to be in because of what we've done to them in society. Yet I can't help but feel excited for what God is doing in the next generation. While the world goes crazy and abandons reality and science, a generation is growing up and learning to seek God in a whole new way. And this makes me so excited. Yeah, I remember when life was simple and when we used to hang out after youth group and just spend time at the park with peers. I remember when things were simple and we can go on camping trips and do crazy outings. Things have definitely changed over the years. But the one thing that hasn't changed is God. He is drawing the next generation close to him to carry a brand new mantle on their lives. They might look different, sound different, and have a different type of energy, but it is exciting. And I am so grateful that I get to see the foundations of Christian faith being rebuilt by a desperate generation. I beg you, celebrate with this generation. Encourage them to victory. See them become the generation that builds a place for God to dwell in the midst of his people once again. That's all the time we have for today. I love you and God bless.